Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ladies and gentlemen, two men from opposite ends of the physical, cultural, and emotional spectrums. Flats and Shanks. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode seven of our weekly podcast. I'm David Flatman. Seven. I'm Tom Shanklin. Hiya, Tom. Hi, Davey. Um, oh, yeah. So this week we come to you for the second time um, from the Celtic Manor Resort Hotel. We are not in the presidential suite, which has annoyed me a little bit, I must say, because I've mm. come to expect certain standards. We are in a little conference room called the Pembroke Suite, um, and... This is not through a contact of mine, it's through a contact of um, my Welsh legend buddy who's got 60-odd caps, Tom Shanklin. 70, you know that, got right, a T-shirt 70. that says it. And you know someone here, do you? Yes, yes, everybody. Everybody. Everybody who? Um, Dylan Matthews. Dylan. Sort of oh, said. Dylan, eh? Yeah. So I actually know Dylan. I've met part Dylan. Of, yeah, you probably have. Part of the Matthews family that own this complex, incredible place. Imagine owning, imagine owning a massive hotel. I just think overheads, but I'm sure there's profit involved. Would you stay here? Yeah, I'd have a whole floor. I'd be like P. Diddy. Yeah. It'd be a joke up there. It'd be like Alan Partridge, wouldn't you? It'd be like Partridge. Black leather sofas, Irish mm. coffees at 2am. Susan, can you make uh, Bangkok Chick Boys go on my TV? <laughs> I'd, be, I'd have a 12-inch plate that I took to the buffet. We've had lunch as well. We've had a... This is... Guys, we, just so you know, there, are, there aren't many perks that go with running your own podcast, but we have had a free lunch here it's at Lovely, Kelsey. hasn't it? Nice, wasn't it? Very nice as well. And a espresso. Yeah, it was espresso as well, which was surprisingly tasty considering it's from a machine and we're in Wales. Would you dress up as a zombie if you lived here and come down and scare everyone? Yeah, good enough for Partridge, good enough for me. Tons and tip screws. Yeah, I think we're getting a bit niche now. Yeah. So we're in a little conference suite and we know that through feedback and through listening to our own podcast, because we're quite vain, that the sound has been at times a bit crap hasn't been the greatest has it and most no. of it is down to your locations that you pick because we yes. end up in sort of brownie halls or something like that you know with a big echo yeah yeah so community halls or something community like that. halls yeah and um yeah certain sort of gym 
shared changing room warehouses. Anyway, we're hoping the sound is better. Alistair Eakin, BT Sport commentator, had a word. He put the hard word on me yesterday about the sound. And mm. when Big Al speaks, you take action. So when, when people are tweeting in and emailing in saying flats is too quiet, I'm afraid, Shanks, you're in charge of the machines and you've cocked it up, mate, if I'm too quiet. Just turn you down a little bit now and again, mate, that's all. Yeah. When you're waffling. I'm afraid in real life you can't do it. So hopefully, hopefully you guys, the sound is better. Now, um, in terms of this show, what we like to do, as you may know by now, is either invite someone on to co-host it with us or invite or get, get someone on the Skype, on the phone and have a chat with them. We're not going to do that this week. Um, I'm sure you know by now and, uh, the awful news about Anthony Foley dying on Saturday night in the Munster Team Hotel in Paris. Um, just, just immeasurably sad. And what we don't want to do is get any players or ex-players on who, you know, and sort of force them to be jovial because it, you know, that's... It's it, not going to come naturally, is it? Because everyone's no. down. You know, you have to go, you only have to go on Twitter to see nearly every person who's played rugby has commented um, yeah. and sent their wishes to everyone in Ireland. Yeah, it's um, really, it's, it's brutal and um, it's affecting so many people, you know. So I, I, did, I did the BT Sports show yesterday at the Exeter game uh, with Claremont game and um, Sarah Elgin whose husband Simon Easterby played for Ireland with Foley uh, a while back and knew him very well Sarah knew him very well she gets the news yeah. on the hands free on the way there in the car from her husband both really upset Fields of Avon Rye come on the Munster fans singing it outside the stadium and, and it's just it's incredible she, she had to present that show and you know it's not about us it's about him and his family it's an incredibly hard time and no, it's nothing to do with rugby, it's nothing to do with that. Everyone knows he's a good player, but the, the people we know, whose opinions we respect, have come out and said, this is an amazing bloke. Hits pretty hard. Yeah, it does. But, um, but anyway, what have we got on today's show? Uh, well, there's a lot of Champions Cup stuff to talk about. Yeah, I think, we, I think we've got to touch on the Challenge Cup as well, because yeah, we Worcester losing. Well, no, what's going on? They're losing in Siberia. <sighs> what, what is going on? Is, this, is it Russia or Siberia? Yes. Yeah. Definitely is. It is Russia or Siberia. It's a bit chilly over there, but that's no excuse. I just it, that that's an odd one, and I know Worcester perhaps didn't put all their big guns out, but newcomers to the competition as well. But anyway, we'll we'll, we'll get onto that. We'll get onto that as well. We'll talk a little bit about the um, Welsh squad announcement, which is happening tomorrow. Um, some of the Welsh rugby players playing in England aren't going to be released for one of the fixtures against Australia. Why do Wales always play four games in the autumn? Why do they do that? Moolah. Oh, right. Of revenue. I suppose, yeah. yeah. Money. Yeah, but it just... Yeah, anyway, I suppose uh, that was fair enough. So we'll talk about that. We'll also... We've got loads of questions this week, believe it or not. So we will mm. get through as many of those as we some can. Some real good ones as well. Um, and some really awful ones from my mate Brett, who sends a question in every week. Um, but we... Before that, let people know, Tommy, how they can contact us. Yeah, well, you can contact us on Twitter, and it's at Flats and Shanks. You can email us, which is contact at flatsandshanks.com. Our website, which you can go on, which is flatsandshanks.com. Yeah, why not? And Facebook. Facebook. Yes. What, have, you, have, you, like, um, have we got our own page on Facebook? Yes, we do. Eventually, we want to do a Facebook Live um, podcast so we record it live like filming Facebook. it so, yeah so you can listen to our lovely voices and see how great we look as well it'll be like um, Smith and Jones like nose to nose but only it'll be like Smith and Smith won't it like two fat ball guys I mean no offence mate but you're in half decent nick but not what you were it'd be like right said Fred wouldn't it be right said Fred doing yeah. a podcast nose to nose so mm. we'll do our best to make it an interesting show here goes 
So, Shanko, you've um, come from somewhere quite interesting, haven't you? What's this you're holding up now? He's putting a medal on. It's really budget. If anyone paid 50p for that, they've been seeing this on coming. It's a seriously budget bit of kit. What is it? Um, it's a medal for partaking in a 24-hour cycle around the velodrome in Newport. I was going to say race, but it wasn't really a race because everyone's a winner and we didn't finish first. So uh, yesterday afternoon at 12 o'clock, we start the race. Um, teams of six, and you have to cycle continuously. So one person has to be on the track for 24 hours. 24 hours? Yes. So we took it in turns. Oh, my God. Trying who's to sleep it, who's in your team? We were called the Blues Bullets. Brilliant, got it. Yeah. Cardiff reference, yes. genius. Uh, Reese Williams, ex-player, and now commercial director. He likes a cycle, doesn't he? He's in Loves great it. nick. Love He's it. in great nick. Some people love it though, don't they? Yeah. It's like a cult. Yeah. I've not quite, I, well, not quite, I've not got into it. I tried a few times, but no. it's just not my, for me. My issue with it is that it, if you want a decent, say you want to get fitter, whatever, you can go for a run for half an hour and run hard and that's enough. But mm. on a bike, you've got to be doing three, four hours, haven't you? It's like... Yeah, I'd rather play golf. Can't be bothered. Time. Yeah. Um, Dickie Holland. Oh, yeah, Chief um, Exec, Cardi Blues, Blues Cardi top Blue. Yeah, yeah. Top so low. there was a few um, different businesses and people yeah. around Cardiff that were involved in it. So it was good. It was good. It was tough, though. Did you, like... So you've finished at 12, just for your reference, listeners. It's 2 p.m. Yeah. We've been here eating for about an hour. Yes. So you came straight from the velodrome to here? I had a shower. Came straight Did you? Here. Yes. Well done. That is yeah. good commitment, mate. I know. I know. Very good. Are you knackered? Not too bad. You look white as a sheep. <laughs> it was fairly tough, but it was good. Did you lose any weight? I don't think I did. Because yeah. it's just the sweets and yeah. the crisps and the cake and everything like that. It's good, isn't it? You can't stop yourself from eating, can you? No. You just, you just sat there waiting for your turn and you just see pack of jelly babies, handful of them, then you see... Yeah, Were you doing that thing where you stick bars. them up your lycras and not store them in your lycras? Was that just me? Well, I stored a couple of jelly babies in my lycras. Yeah. <laughs> no. I thought you were before you started. But we... Um, I remember I did the... Uh, I well, no, we're not topping each other. It's not a competition. But I did the um, Ride Across Britain. Yeah. The John O'Groats to Land's End, which is the hard way to do it. Um, it turns out, because of the headwinds and all that. And um, I did that having done no cycling and starting at about 20 stones. And they got me on the scales in front of everyone before night, on night one before the first day. What was it? It was big, the oh. 100, 123 kilos I started at. And then at muscle the end, muscle, muscle, weight, yeah. muscle, muscle weight's heavier than fat. Of course it? it does, yeah, yeah. and bone, and cake weighs even more than that. Yeah. So they, um, they actually weighed us in on the, on the last day as well, and, you know, rode every mile, never got on the bus or anything like that. Let's keep it serious. And. Um, yeah, it turned out I was 123 kilos after a thousand miles. <laughs> Lost I, nothing. I just think you eat too much. You you would be a great windbreak mind. For yeah, the, for yeah. The, as long as you want to go slow. Yeah, you'd be a great team. But they say to eat, eat every 15 minutes, and I was like, I don't need a bigger invitation than that. Well, we had um, Domino's Pizza delivered. Other um, brands of pizza are available. They're they just are not as tasty. Yeah. Actually, Pizza Express is tasted in Domino's. They are. They just don't deliver, do they? No, unless you've got Deliveroo. You haven't got it in the sticks where I live, mate. That's true. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, I've we seen used to, We used to go to Pizza Express at Sari's and we used to go hard, didn't we? Do you Five courses. Five Do you courses each. Uh, polo salad, garlic bread, pizza, pudding. What was the other one? Well, I used to go garlic dough balls. Yeah. Standard. Caesar salad. No anchovies. Standard. Ham and eggs. Ham and eggs, that's it. Yeah. That's pizza. It. Pizza. And cheesecake. Yeah, I'd go chocolate fudge. That's a difference, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Little espresso at the end. Oh, yeah. 
those are the days. Yeah, but, um, but cycling's one of these sports, it's like swimming. So you can look at someone and you think, oh, you're not going to be great on the bike. You might mm. have a little bit of a derby, a um, bit of looseness yeah. around their uh, top half, but some are actually incredible on the bike. I was, yeah. I was one of the, I wasn't, I was probably one of the worst. Yeah, that's what I heard, actually. I know, but... That's what you know, said online. Your time Coming to my own when I get on the bench press or your, dips your or chips. time's reflected that. Yeah, you've always been freakishly strong, but you've always... It's a shame, because if you're going to be that strong, you really want big arms, don't you? Let's be honest. But you've always had really skinny arms, but really strong arms. I don't know if I'd rather have big, weak ones or small, strong ones. Yeah, but they're like, they're like a monkey's arms, aren't they? Mm. Don't look much, but can rip a man apart. <laughs> Seven times stronger than the average man. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, I've, um, I've had a busy week. Yeah, what have you been up to? Very busy. Enough about me, let's talk about you. Yeah, enough about me, let's talk about what you think about me. Um, a, a busy week, so I do a lot of dinners and corporate hosting and that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I had, a, I, had a, I had a Wednesday nighter with Haskell in London, which was really good fun. Um, it's a top, shame, I, I didn't see that on, uh, on any social media. No, I, no. He forgot his phone, did he? He must have forgotten his phone, mate. Yeah, yeah, cause he, wouldn't, yeah he doesn't breathe yeah. without posting it. Did a bit of that. Did um, Premiership Rugby Hall of Fame on Thursday night. We inducted a few well guys done. in. And did you get? Are you inducted? Not this time, oh. but um, I'm sure it's coming. I've, yeah. Yeah. I've hosted well, you can't it last host couple it of years. And induct yourself, can you? No, I hosted it last year, and Ooh. I was I made a bit of a joke, and it was like, you know, I played a lot of Premiership games. You know, like I don't know, I don't know how many, but it's a lot. Yeah. And I was like, Thousand. surely, surely I'm up there. Nothing this year. Nothing. I'm thinking they'll, they won't ask me to host it if they're going to induct me in. It was literally 15 minutes after I got home to my hotel on Thursday night. I sent an email to the guys at Prem Rugby because they're really nice. I said, thanks for having me, guys. And they said, great, can't wait for you to host next year. Straight away, not in again. What's your opening line? Opening line is something about being bitter about not being selected and everyone laughs and I'm like mate it's not a joke and no, it's not you're actually being serious aren't you it's not a joke no. like Mike Tyndall got inducted like no effect he's done loads for England he's got a famous wife and a bent nose what's he ever done for the premiership that I haven't done he ain't won it do you know what I mean he just probably, played a load of games probably played less than you as well because of course of he has because he's busy with England for anything you're a better servant to premiership rugby yeah and I might have mentioned that during our Q&A on stage well done mate yeah the I'd, lord I'd lord Tyndall lording it mm. he had a full security detail with him on Thursday night joke I started taking the piss out of him and a red dot appeared on my chest. Could have um, been me, couldn't it? That could have been me. <clears throat> yeah, it could have been you, yeah. I had that call. Clive, Clive, or, Clive or Graham Henry, wasn't it? You had the choice. Yeah. Those are the days. I was in the car with you and Clive yeah. were. Yeah. I thought it was Kieran Bracken. But I suppose you shouldn't answer your phone um, like the Budweiser advert, should you? No. But no, you shouldn't. Not when it's Clive. Um, but I, on Friday, I did a, um, I did, I hosted the Rugby Speaker of the Year awards with a, like lunch, which is great. So you get three speakers and they compete. And oh, and I wasn't invited. Not this time. What? Mate. Shane Williams did it actually. <clears throat> he was he was very good. He said he got up, and the first thing he said was, "I'm unbelievably nervous," and he was really nervous. But as soon as like someone a legend or everyone big you know big name gets up and says, "I'm really nervous," everyone just loves them. Yeah. Because they're humble. Maybe that's why I'm going wrong. <clears throat> yeah, because you're 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 a big name, but you're really well, arrogant when you're on stage. That's... I normally get up there. And neck a pint, left-handed, and try and <laughs> straight arm, try straight arm, try and get a bit of encouragement, and then uh, a couple of burps, and just say, "Win the crowd, win your freedom." Yeah, yeah. You go, go from there. Yeah. Shane was really good. John Bentley did it. He was John Bentley speaks every day of his life. He was brilliant. But Wayne Barnes, the ref, he done it, and he won it. Really? Yeah. He was oh, so brilliant. it's a competition between those three. Yes, yeah, so you have these little keypads, and you vote. And I, I spoke last year. It was me, David Campisi, and Austin Healy. God, get me and on that. Austin mate. won it, and it was a joke. It was an absolutely rigged, and he knows it was rigged. Um, I dominated him. Because um, I break out into dance and everything if I'm really struggling. Yeah. 
Oh. Mate, if you get 15 minutes on the dot and a buzz, like not a buzzer, but they literally walk up and stop you. I walk up and stop you on 15 minutes. John Bentley, 15 minutes arrived, and I was like, he basically looked at me like, you come up here, I'm going to knock your teeth out. Is so let's with, just say he got 20 minutes. He, he's still on his intro, was he? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, he is hardcore. Yeah. He is hardcore. Bentos here. Yeah, he was He's brilliant. a great bloke, mate. I, I met him um, a couple of years ago for the first time. And he loves you, we just got on in a house on fire. He loves you. He was talking about you for ages. You met him in Dubai or, yeah, or Hong Kong or yeah. something, was it? And I always remember, I was sort of 16 at the time, and that Living With The Lions video came yeah, out, yeah. the 97 tour to South Africa. And what a tour it was. That was like the stage where I liked rugby, but wasn't quite sure how much. And yeah. then you watch that video, and I've never, ever bought a Lions top um, or, you know... Or a club top or anything like that. I, yeah. well, I was a bit too cool for that, really. Of course you were. Um, but I bought one of those. Um, and the red really washes you out. Yeah. It? <laughs> yeah. No, Take that hoodie off, Shanks. Yeah. <laughs> he was brilliant. He was really, really good. And as he said, he got up there and he said, "I'm here. I've been speaking. I'm talked about as this Lions legend. His video intros him being a legend. Yeah. He's like all anybody remembers is one try. Yeah. Scored one try, but that's all it took. Was it was it Western Province? No. Uh, Tang Lions or something. I don't know. I can't remember. Oh, okay. I can't, but anyway, yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's the man. But Wayne Barnes won it. And anyway, so Eddie Jones was there as like special guest. So for 15 or 20 minutes, I was, I sort of did a Q&A with an interview with Eddie Jones on stage. Yeah. And he came up and you know, he's super bright and whatever. Yeah, I can relate. And the, you know, really. And I, and the first question I asked him was something along the lines of, um, you know, you've been in the job for this long, you're eight from eight, things are going pretty well. Are you enjoying yourself over here, mate? And his answer was, yeah, well, I like winning. That was it. I was like, oh my god! Well, that's the thing. It's like six hundred people there, and I was like, oh my god, this is going to be hard work. There's been there's been pressure, but no real pressure because the pressure really comes when results don't go your way. Yeah, that's how you deal with it then. And when your expectations high at yeah. the moment, it's incredible because obviously they won the Six Nations last year, the yeah. tour um, in Australia. Yeah, all they've known is winning so far. Yeah, so. But it was he. he I really wanted to see him lose. A I bet you do. I bet you do, boy. But I was. I, after that first question, I thought, oh man, I had loads of questions in my mind, you know, so I thought I could do, I can do one word answers if you want to do that, mate. We can go that way. Yeah. Hope you don't. He was brilliant, mate. Like, we, you know, you, you and I do, you end up going to a lot of events and you're involved in a lot of Q&As on... You could probably book us, couldn't you? Probably could, actually. Yeah. Double that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Actually, what do we charge? Let's ask Michelle. Give me at least 20 quid plus that. Food and beverage. F&B, yeah, room for the night. But, you know, you, you, are, you probably answer more questions than I do because you've got a load of caps and I haven't, so I'm very rarely sort of the special guest, which is fine. I prefer the hosting bit. But I thought, please be good, Eddie, because yeah. there's a lot of people here. And... Because you'd, you'd want to have to speak for him and speak for it, you know, give him his answers. And yeah. Like, you know, you just want to keep and it I, 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 I want him to look like he's enjoying it. That's yeah. the point. And he was, mate, he was outstanding. And what goes on, goes at lunches, stays at lunches. And I'm sure some people were filming it on their phones. But yeah. it's like, I, mean, I, I sat down with these lads, these sponsors that were there, top, they're really nice blokes. And they were all smashed and I wasn't. And they said, that's a 15 minute Q&A. And there are four or five things he said that would be headlines on the back page. That's the thing. When you're doing lunches and you're speaking after dinner, um, mm. clubs or whatever, it's, and most of it is tongue in cheek. A lot of it is tongue in cheek. Yeah. It's not something you would say um, if you were gonna do an, an interview for... You know, the, the radio the or on the telly or yeah. whatever, yeah. You know, you're trying to make people laugh, really. And you're trying to keep them entertained because that's why you're there. You're there mm. to entertain them, give them some insight. but. You've got to take it with a pinch of salt, a lot of the stuff that's said, because yeah. it's not often meant, but it makes the story sound a bit better and it gets people laughing and they tend to enjoy it more. Yeah, and there were, he, he said, a, he was just having a laugh, but he said a couple of bits and 
whatever. And I mean, I realise this is kind of um, behind closed doors things to all of our listeners. I'm not meaning to frustrate you, but there's, as you can imagine, there's kind of an unwritten code with these events that just just come along to one or two of them. Go on the internet, book some tickets, and come along because they're great. But um, oh, that was the um, that was a sheep story you're telling me about before, wasn't it? Sheep. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. But they I tell you what, every he said that's a couple a joke, of by the it's way. a joke. Well done, Tommy. Anyway, Saturday, Tommy, I was at Scarlet's. I was over at Scarlet's, um, and they played against Sale. They sure did. And Scarlet's is a long way away from anywhere. Why didn't you call me? Um, too just, busy. Just too, pers- too smash busy. and grab, was it? Smash and grab. SAS. SAS, mate. SAS kept the car running, <laughs> put the invoice in, and wheel spun out of there. I, um, no, I was there with. Uh, have you been there before? Yes, I have. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, actually. Yeah, and it's I, okay, isn't it? Last time I went there, I met Wayne Pivak, the head coach yeah. down at Scarlet's, and I thought, <clears throat> I just thought, what a good bloke. Mate, he's, he's good mates with Xavier Rush. Oh, right. So they Says use, it all. Yeah, exactly. Great guy. Xavier Rush, yeah. great bloke. Loves the social. Great crack. Yeah. And they are they are close mates. I met him for the first time a couple of weeks ago, actually, at golf day, um, which I won longest drive. Standard. Um, yeah. But he, from the ladies' tee, yeah. But I um, I really like him. And then I met him again on the other night, and I thought, really, I really like this sort of mm. cut of his jib. Um, and Martin Williams was there yeah. doing the commentating and Alan Wynne-Jones was one of the sort of the special guests that's a good panel side. for Welsh well good panel only missing one yeah huh. yeah. yeah Jamie Roberts wasn't available but um, they were uh, it was very very funny they were kind of they just couldn't wait to see Mike Phillips play it turns out this guy's a bit of a legend and they every time he does anything they're cracking up they're just pissing themselves who fills it Mike Phillips yeah yeah, yeah. and they love him like we're standing pitch side about to go on air kind of thing and he just runs out for his warm-up, gives the boys a wink, and they're in hysterics, they can hardly talk. He's, just he's a funny, funny bloke, mate, honestly. Yeah. He's he's great laugh to have around. Uh, you just want someone just to rub his head or something like that on the field, don't you, so he reacts and does yeah. something. Because um, there's a massive matchup between him and uh, Gareth, Gareth, Davis, yeah. Gareth Davis, because obviously two good scrum halves, Gareth mm. Davis involved a fair bit with Wales at the moment. Yeah. Mike, being there, done that. Yeah. It was it was it was a really good game, but after the game, talk about the game in a minute. But after the game, he got caught on a lift or something like that. I saw on uh, social media. Yeah, had to get out fire brigade, had to get him out. Yeah, the way it goes, isn't it? But Mike Phillips was talking to Mike Williams after the game, and I went to say hi, and he, you nervous? He goes, well, I expected a bigger crowd, to be honest. <laughs> oh, he's class, mate. he's class. I tell you, he was really good, mate, Scott Williams. I know. Oh. I rove about him all the time. Oh. He's like, I think he has to play, but that's the question whether they do or not, because at the moment. You can't deny they've not had great success with mm. what they're doing. But if, if you want to play a different way, get him in there. Because his passing game, his offloading game, is probably the, the best out of the, the top three centers. Ridiculous. He's like a basketball player, mate. Because Gatland has stepped away for Lions duty and Rob Howley's taken over, mm. this surely is an opportunity to... Um, if Wales are going to start playing differently because basically I mean I'm, I'm not being disparaging here because they've had a huge amount of success and they're a wonderful team when they're playing well but they basically play how Wasp played in like 2004 or something don't they? Yeah, yeah they do they, they try and do the odd thing different now and again they say they're going to surprise teams but when you've practised so long at playing a certain way when the pressure's on and when things aren't going great you revert back to the same way so yeah that's what they you're right you're completely right they play exactly the same way Wasp played they've not changed it'd be really interesting now come the Autumn Internationals when Rob Howley has um, he's got sole control over the squad mm. how they play and if they're going to play any, any different yeah. Rob's probably got his own ideas as well um, but he has been coached by Gatlin he has been a, around yeah. Gatlin for a long long time 
it's quite interesting who they brought in as backs and skills coach. Yeah, Matt Sherratt's come in, yeah. and I, I assumed so. He went from Bristol to Blues for five minutes, and now he's Wales coach. And I mean, I remember Dwayne Peel saying he's a great guy. He's yeah. a great guy. He's a good coach, but he's not really been in Welsh rugby for very mm. long. And that could be a good thing because yeah. he might have a bit more of an insight and a bit more of an opinion. Um, but. I personally thought Stephen Jones was That's going to be a natural successor into that role for this um, year period. That's what I thought. Um, now, yeah, but it, it's an interesting one that Shanks because you would know Stephen Jones. I, in fact, you know, off mic, I've heard you describe Stephen Jones as a special human being before. You know, and special in a good way. I'm hoping you mean by that. Yeah. They call him the Count, don't they? Because he's got really black hair and really white skin. Is that? Yeah, well, he looks like Count Dracula. He looks like Count Dracula. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, also, the worst dressed player in the squad. Is he? Yeah, always. You just have. Do you remember the Ben Sherman black shoes with a big buckle across the front? Awful. Yeah, you used to yeah. love them. Oh no. And a gilet. Always wore a gilet. Nothing wrong with the gilet, mate. What? When it's summer. Calm down. Calm down, sir. With shorts and t-shirt. Yeah. Well, come on, mate. Don't be like that. Quilted little quilted gilet. I. But it's an interesting one that because. Look, you, you know more about him as a player and a coach than I do and all that stuff, but I read a really interesting article this week uh, written by about football. Um, topically, it's Welsh. You know, it's about Ryan Giggs not getting a managerial job, but it was written by a guy called Seb Stafford-Bloor, and yeah. if you're listening, which you are, um, it's worth having a look on Twitter for this guy looking up the article. He, he writes a really good blog and a brilliant writer, and it was actually about the... Um, he either wrote it or retweeted it, I think he wrote it, but it was about this automatic assumption that because somebody is a really good player, they should walk into one of the top jobs in the country. Well, I know where you're going with this. Yeah, why, why, should, why should Ryan Giggs get a job over an experienced manager? Because he was good at football. And I think there's... You've got, you got a load of Welsh caps. You've got 60-odd Welsh caps. And, you know, or bit, yeah, 60-odd, wasn't it? 70. 70. Okay. But you... You know, do you think you should get the director of a rugby job at Cardiff if you want it? You know, I don't, I, that for me, that's not how it works. The best coach should get that job. I think so. I think I've done the hard yards. Yeah, maybe if it's I want it, if I want it, I'll take it. <laughs> just to know you can. That's enough yeah. for you, isn't it? It's just too many hours. No, I know. I know what you're saying. But I'm not saying Stephen Jones isn't good enough because I just don't know if he's good enough or not. But I'm, I, why should it be? Should it be automatic that he gets that job? I don't know if it should. Um, possibly. You're right, but I think. Coach, like he's, he's coached at Wasps as well, so he's, he's coached outside of Wales. Yeah. Um, he was an incredible player. I think you can tell when you're playing with players and you play against players and you talk to players whether they're going to be a good coach or not. Mm. I think it's, it's clear. Like I was never going to be a, uh, a coach, really, because it just wasn't installed in me. Too selfish. Yeah, wasn't serious enough. Too I, think you, I think you yeah. have to. <laughs> um, but you can tell straight away. Yeah. Like someone like you, you probably could so that um, you knew Steve Borthwick was going to be a coach because yeah, so he's intense yeah, Steve yeah. is like that as well mm. um, it certainly helps when you're you're a 10 or a 9 because you're yeah, involved you in, the, in, the, yeah. in the game and how it's run um, but I knew Steve was going to be a good coach straight away yeah. um, but you're right though I mean look he he possibly could have been offered it I'm just, just saying as that but not wanted to take it because he was too he, he thought he was wasn't ready not enough money might be too no, soon no sorry yeah, yeah. So it's different. I mean, you look back a few years ago. Mark Jones was a winger, ex-winger. Scarlets yeah, yeah. was a coach at the Scarlets. Yeah. He um, was bought in for I think four years ago actually for the Lions. Yeah. And now, you know, I, I don't even know. I think he might be coaching Doncaster possibly. Yeah. Um, so that but might. It's, but it's, it's an interesting when you're talking about getting offered an international job. I remember when Steve Borthwick 
joins Bristol and it's his first sort of league club coaching job. And five minutes later, England have poached him. Eddie Jones has poached him. Yeah. And everyone's saying he's not experienced enough. But then somebody made a great point to me. You only get offered the England job once. Mm. And if you don't say yes now, and I, I sort of look at I, Steve Borthwick, kind of everyone knows enough about Steve Borthwick because everyone who ever's asked a question about him says the same thing. He was always going to be a coach. They, what do they say about the scavenger's nose? And it still hasn't healed up. Never. I reckon he picks it. Yeah. I reckon he still picks it. Eats the scabs like you. Yeah, that's it. yeah, <sighs> eats them. Yeah, but food's food, mate. You've got to keep the weight on, haven't you? He was always going to be a great coach, and he will be a great coach. But I, is it the same in Wales? I, is it the same that, you know, if you get it once, like a Mark Jones, you can't turn it down because you might never get asked again? Possibly. Um, but if, you, if you're good enough and the results are happening and you, you're doing a good job at your club, then you might do. You know, it's... Yeah. Especially for young players coming through as well. It's a long career, a long coaching career. You look at someone like Di Young, who's coached the Blues for, for more than 10 years, yeah. now at Wasps, never ever once been uh, asked, I think, to go into to coach Wales or be He's got to be the next guy, surely. It looks that way, yeah. He, he was, he's a great coach. And I always think it's normally you see coaches, I suppose, play decision makers. Mm. Um, but, you know, for, for a guy like him who was a prop to. But what he seems to be to me is... He's I think a very good man manager. Yeah, I think he's a great leader. Very honest. Yeah. Um, and, and my point is, knows the game inside out. Yeah. He's like that sort of Gethin Jenkins type, that David Flatman type of guy who so could, not, stop. could control a game from, from prop and make yeah. the right decisions. Now, before we move on, right, um, to... I think we're probably going to talk about Glasgow v Leicester in a minute, which was sensational. Um, I just want to talk about Gethin Jenkins because you mentioned him. I, he's got a testimonial dinner in a couple of weeks in central London and it's going to be a great time and there's loads of legends going and I'm hosting it, right? How do you try and create a celebratory in celebratory rather environment and atmosphere around one of the grumpiest, generally unhappiest men in world rugby who hasn't spoken nicely to anybody in 15 years? How do you do that? Um, I'm just trying to think of... There's two things really that he loves in life. Yeah. Um, one is Call of Duty, mm. um, which is PlayStation, not Xbox either. Got it. Um, so the Call of Duty. Is Apparently, massive. he used to just come into team rooms, set that up. Martin Williams was saying the other night, he get to a hotel, brings his own computer game console yep. thing, and sets it up and just sits on it all day and doesn't talk to anyone in the team room. Yeah. Yeah. Loves that. So um, no one else can use a TV. Loves either. it more at home because you can go online there put the Bluetooth in and you know you could have proper battles with his real mates yeah um, another thing he does love is Ginsters oh really yeah <laughs> remember the McRib yeah yeah never had one is, it, is, it, is that Ginsters you know where you get the, you get like the McRib little burger from the petrol stations oh god the little rustler burger rustlers. rustlers that's it rustlers I yeah. knew you would know um, <laughs> <laughs> microwave two minutes Boom. yeah 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 ping dinner they're, time they're the two loves in his life apart yeah. from his fiance as well so how do you yeah, but how do you get a good time out of Geth then? Give him a rustler. That's what I'll do. I might take yeah. one to the dinner. Yeah. You might actually take one. Anyway, um, he's grumpy but talented. The reason I say that is because I was around his house before and he said, Do you wanna do you want something to eat? A little snack. I went, yeah, go on then. Give me a rustler. Give me a rustler McRib burger. Oh, right, well, thanks very much. Leave it out, Geth. Eat it, obviously, you can starve it, but standard, yeah, inhale it. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So Glasgow were outrageously good on Friday night against Leicester. They were, it was, Leicester started all right, didn't they? Yeah, and they did. The first 20, but... Uh, it was, it's their heaviest defeat, isn't it, in European rugby? Yeah, but mate, they got, they got battered. Like, Glasgow were just, Glasgow looked so powerful, so quick, mm. so reactive. It was, and what... What breaks me a bit is people. I don't think I don't know if anyone has, but I hope no one has blamed it on the pitch, the artificial surface, because these guys all play on them now, and you know you don't play them every week, but you're, you you play on them enough that Leicester can adjust to a four G pitch. They probably train on one. I don't yeah, know. they would do. But on the on the flip side, Toulon's pitch was pretty rubbish at the weekend. Yeah, it's awful. Um, but this Matt Tamua tackle, yeah, right decision. Um, do you know what? Pretty no, much everyone I've spoken to, because he's he spear tackled Finn Russell Not pretty much everyone I've spoken to Shanko says that's a disgrace it should be a red I don't agree I think yellow is the right decision because he look, didn't land on his head yeah I mean the president was set um, with a Sam Warblin tackle um, yeah if that's a red then yeah that's it but yeah, it, uh, yeah. then Tamua's a red but I don't think it's, Sam's um, was a red strange really because if you pick someone up you spear them down if they land on their back it's a yellow if they land on their shoulders it's a red Basically, yeah. isn't it? But you know, some players naturally wriggle out of that. You know, when you're upended, you know where you're going to land. You try and land on your back. Yeah. Try and get the ball back. So, for me, it was a yellow card. It was a correct decision. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. When Ben Kay was commentating, and straight away he said that is red as soon as he saw it, and as mm. soon as I saw it on the TV, because I saw it, you see it from the same angle Ben sees it from, the commentator sees it from. I said exactly the same thing. If it is on his back. It's a yellow. If it's on his shoulders, it's a red. Yes, shoulder or head or neck, it's yeah. red. That's as far as I'm aware. And if we're wrong, then feel free to tweet or email us and get stuck into us. We'll never tell anyone we were wrong, but we'll we'll know yeah. for future. But I think after a couple of replays, that's what that's why it's a bit of a tangent, but it's quite it can be quite tricky to be a co-commentator at times because you have to give an opinion, and then yeah. three or four replays later, you think, yeah, I wasn't right there. Um, but Ben definitely thinks it was a red, which is fine. I think that was a yellow. Um, but it's not about intent. That was a vicious tackle, but it worked out not too badly for him. Yeah. So... Take what was good for Northampton. They've had a bit of a torrid time recently. Yeah. 16-14 um, over Montpellier. 
Yeah, big kick from Stephen Myler to win it. Man, it was huge. Love that. Because Manander had a, had a kick you know, two minutes prior to that mm. to win it, but it was a good kick. And hopefully you think that might boost their confidence and just kickstart them on a little bit. I really it, hope so. A, it's been a pretty slow start to the season. I was a little bit disappointed with Montpellier. They're not... They're I not that good. They're not that good. They're not a great team. They, they're they've not. got Stain, they've got Alberts, who's on the bench. Come on. Mm. Massive bloke. Probably the biggest back row I've ever seen. Yeah, he's a um, I thought they were a fairly average team. Mm. I've often thought, I mean, yeah, I, they're a kick and clap team, really. They, mm. they just don't, they've got a load of big names, they pay a load of money and they don't play a lot of rugby. No. Um, uh, Timothy Nangusa, the Fijian winger they've got, who's been on walkabout for the last few weeks, no, one know, no one's known where he's been. I love that. He's like the new Repenny Thalthout. He's yeah. back, apparently. Apparently he's back in France. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, he'll, he'll strengthen them up a little bit. But I'm glad to see Northampton win. Um, it's tough on Alex King, who was... Uh, sack this week from Northampton the attack coach because things haven't gone so well the same no. thing happened to Paul Grayson a couple of years ago and I don't know it is hard it's hard because Tom Wood I think tweeted and said it's brutal when an individual pays the price for collective underperformance I think that's I think that's verbatim they want it it's, it's hard it's really it really hard nice. and I don't know I've you never know what's going on inside there you never know what's going on behind closed doors but I think I know uh, Alex King well enough to know that he's not a disruptive guy no. it's just they must they must want to go in a different direction and it's tough I'm sure he won't struggle to pick up work I mean maybe it'll have to wait to the end of the season but I'm sure he got a nice little check from Saints he'll probably do a podcast or something won't he Any, everyone's doing podcasts now um, not difficult is it right Wasp Zebra yeah it was, that was just 82-14 yeah it was an MC hammering wasn't it I told you many times before about Zebra in the Pro 12 no point. No point. What was the point of them being in that competition? Yeah, you know, you know Gavin Mortimer, the journalist who yes. lives in France, and he does like a French rugby update every Monday. Yeah, really yeah. good. Love his stuff. And um, he he sent a great a tweet that I agree with. Political correctness aside, what is the point in having Italian teams in these competitions? And none in my book. We want, it's difficult because you want Italian rugby to grow, but they're just not the expense of our game. And you know that was a nothing. What what did Wasps learn from that? Not much. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was some great performances behind Cipriani again. Miller was great. Cipriani was great. Miller was good. Yeah. Elliot Daly yeah. taking that ball from the air. There was loads, yeah, but, wasn't there? Eastman, come on. And... But respectfully, mate, you're old and tired and they probably could have stuck you in there and you scored a couple and looked all right. I mean, uh, three. Three. But they are below standard. And mm. it's, yeah, unfortunately... Because the whole, the whole point for me, well, one of the main points of this sort of change from the Heineken Cup to the European Champions Cup was to do with meritocracy. And it, and it ain't, if they're in there. No. Why, are, why are Ospreys not in it and Zebra are? You know, not at all. Doesn't work. I, don't, I don't agree with, uh, with having a representative from each country in there. It should just be the best of the best get through. Yeah, um, it's, kind of like the, it's kind of like the Olympics. I'm not knocking... The, the Olympics is a decent old event and it stood the test of time. But, you know, if it were true best of the best, there'd be... You know, I'm I'm generalising here, and I'm kind of picking an event at random. But there'd be nothing but Jamaicans and Americans in the in the sprint final. But each nation can only take in the hundred metres final. Each nation can only take three. So what happens is you end up with representation from all the different countries. But if you actually, if you got, you know, I don't know how many guys start. Uh, say the forty sprinters start in the you know in the heats. That's how many they begin with. Well, they're not the forty fastest guys in the world because there are Jamaicans at home who haven't qualified and Americans who haven't qualified who are watching slower guys on the telly. You know, it's kind of quite difficult comparison. Because I don't know how it's structured, but in terms of developing our rugby in Northern Hemisphere to catch up with Southern Hemisphere, we need to be playing better teams week in week out to to learn something to get more out of the games than that. Just hey, mate, you saw Scott Williams the other night 
There's no, there's no problems with skills in the Northern Hemisphere, mate. It's, he was, he's got it all. No, he's got it all, but we are behind on. Yeah, well, well, yes, in those terms, I agree with that. I think everybody's behind the All Blacks, and we say it every week, and everyone knows it. You got the eyes. Yeah. Now you, you listen to this, mate. Um, the performance of the weekend was Sarri's out in Toulon. Yeah. Partly because it's tough to win at Mile. No the one won at Mile in Europe. The biggest yeah. game on that weekend by Mile. And they were absolutely outstanding. And Billy Vunapola gets better and better and better almost weekly. But someone who's improving even more week on week is his Let brother, his brother oh. Mako. Outrageous. He is outrageously good. He didn't make um, Gavin Mortimer's. Um, Hardly any Saris in that team. Weekly 15. It's not Gavin Mortimer's team. He just takes a photo. It's from the paper. It's oh, from the French. Okay. The French... He doesn't write the article, no? No, 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 no. Okay. So there's a French paper that they put together a 15. I stand a corrected. Yeah, well done. I, you know, and it's, you know, Rob Miller got in it and he played really well against Zebra. That's fine. But Nick Abendenham played really well against yeah, a much better team on Sunday night. I'd argue he should have been in it. But Mako's ball skills. It's everything. It's everything. Yeah, yeah I, agree, I agree with everything. But I think what sets him apart. More so is like you know he can carry, which is, he can tackle, mm. scrum, but him at first receiver off nine and yeah. being, being being comfortable enough to catch it, put it behind a, uh, or make the decision to put it behind the player, yeah, to hold, to give it to the player. He's got three decisions to make, and he and he makes the right ones all the I mean, time. The guy's twenty stone. He's got footwork like he left Gerardo, the French hooker. He left him. He literally fell over. He left Gerardo on the floor when he stepped him. He's yeah. got footwork. He looks exhausted after about three minutes, only he's not. Doesn't get tired. Jamie George was good as well. Yeah, so good. And, you know, it's... England are in a good place. Saris are in a really good place. What did you make of Farrell's comeback? Because... First he, game hasn't, back, he hasn't played for months. And just his first slotted game back straight in, didn't he? Against Toulon and dominates man of the match. Mm. I mean, how do you... Yeah, I, I'm not sure you can input mental toughness a mental sort of fortitude like that into a player. I'm not sure you can do it. Do you reckon his dad played a very large part in that? Must have done. Must have done, because he, he was the same, wasn't he? Yeah, but he just, he kind of repeatedly, repeatedly delivered for years and years and years, mm. in league at least, didn't he? His dad and in this, I don't know, there's just something very special about Owen Farrell and he might, he might not be the most exciting player to watch, but I think he's ten times as exciting as he was two years ago. Yeah, no, I agree, I agree. And actually, I don't think you can... Definitely not a Sarri's team, but I don't think you can pick an England team without him in it. And I'd go so far as to say he's pretty close to having to be involved in a Lions 15 at the moment. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I suppose the pleasing part for Saracens was the comeback that Toulon made in the second half and how they managed just to weather yeah. that yeah. and deny him a bonus point yeah. as well. I just, I, it because Toulon are always going to come back at you, no matter what. But yeah. the defence, which we know is great, was great again. Um, just that, like, and, and, and they, they were scoring tries as well. It, it wasn't that yeah. boring type of rugby that I suppose we're used to seeing them three or four years ago. They yeah. started to develop, and it looked a little bit like the way the All Blacks play, you know, with the width, with the ball yeah. players from the, the, the type five in the back row. Linking with the backs, you don't often see that. You've got Wheelbarrow Marrow, you've got him delivering scoring passes out wide, you've got Mako, Lunapola, and George Cruz drawing and giving in the midfield mm. to the quick, soft hands. Maitland's finish was good as well. Maitland's good, what a signing. I mean, mm. we, we kind of knew pre, the, our first pod, I think we spoke about Maitland and said this guy's a good signing. It doesn't take a genius to work that out. Maybe it does, and we're just genius. But, he's, uh, but Mako's performance, just, I mean, if you're going to watch that game again, which you're probably not. Just feel free to just, just play a Cam Mako Vunapola for 10 minutes. He's a different level. So the Challenge Cup then, 
We've yes. touched on it already. Worcester losing to uh, Enesil S. NSA. Do you know what the uh, STM stands for? Yes. Yeah. Yes, good. I know what it stands for. Um, yeah, they shouldn't be losing out there. No. You can say it's good for the game, and it probably is, but they should be able to well, pick any. It's good for the game of Russia, but yeah. how can, how can a, a Premiership team go out to newcomers in this competition mm. and lose by seven points? But it's one of those things where you think about the home team, you think about. It's, it's a nightmare to get to for a start. Yeah. It's miles away. It's, it's, a, it's a fairly large cost as well. It's come out recently because Jan Evans basically drew the last two balls out of this yeah. Challenge Cup. Um, and one was Bristol and one was this Serbian team and yeah. he drew it for the Dragons and apparently it's going to cost him £60,000 to take the, the team oh. up there. And, and it's not a cost that they can claim back or anything or it's oh, part funded by European rugby. It's a yeah. cost that they have to make. Yeah, that's punchy if you're the owner, yeah. isn't it? You're writing that cheque. But it... You know, for them, you've got to remember, for them, these are the biggest games. I say this respectfully, I think it's, it's a good chance it's true. It, these are the biggest games of their life. Yeah. You know, they're massive games against super fancy, so they are mad up for it. And, you know, I, it's almost like I remember years ago playing against Cardiff, probably playing against... Oh, we were playing for Saris against Cardiff. And yeah. You might play for Saris with us then, but you come over and 20 minutes in, you just or two minutes in, you're just like, oh, my God, these guys are so much... Not that we weren't up for it, we were just that... We were, Flying into it and mad for it, but we were just the same as we were every week. These guys, it was like a test match for them. I think the Worcester's done every single club a favour, though, and they won't take this team lightly now, will they? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty brutal. That's uh, pretty brutal. Ospreys were good. I have to mention that Tipperick try. Oh, my days. Wow. Oh, my days. See the pace he's got as a seven. Ridiculous. I so, will, will, will he play seven now because Warburton's injured in the autumns? Yes. Think? Yeah. He, 100% will. Um, It'd be great to get Martin Williams on this podcast, wouldn't it? And just ask him his opinion about Tipperick or Warburton. Yeah, he's, both he's, brilliant players. I know you've got a lot of man love for Warburton. Yeah, mainly because um, of his leanness. And yeah, mainly because you're both Land Rover ambassadors. Ambassadors, yeah. yeah. And I'm kind of contracted to like him. Yeah. Um, Do you know what I mean? But if Tippers, if Tippo gets a Land Rover deal, then I'll, I'll move in with him. Yeah. I'll go on holiday yeah, with him. Sure, flat I'll bother, mate. Yeah. I'll go Dubai. Well, that him. try, if you haven't seen it, make sure you look on social media or or on your computer. It was... Yeah. Do you know what I like about that as well? What? Dan Lydiot's celebration for that try. Oh, I didn't Have see you that. seen it? No. Right, so Tipperick catches the ball on his own 10-metre line, breaks for attack. Great take from the kickoff, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Chips ahead, outpaces the, the 15 for Newcastle, collects the ball, goes over the try line, all the boys come and, uh, and jump on him. Two or three boys jump on him and rub his head and what have you. Dan Lydiot runs over real late and just touches him on the back or touches the player on the back and then walks off <laughs> it's brilliant <laughs> you know that is that's almost like um, do you remember when uh, we were at Sarri's and we had like we had all these and we might have mentioned it on a pod before so we won't go right into it but we had body language people who were supposed <laughs> experts in body language we haven't had it on because I don't know oh we haven't right so we no, we, we, we went to a um, army camp yeah went to like Aldershot or something like that wasn't yeah, it yeah it was Aldershot yeah. and they were called Mindset so Mindset was, Evolution it was ex-marines yeah. who trying to break you mentally and show you that when you are tired and when you are fatigued you can push yourself further, further. I remember do you remember we were carrying logs this is what I remember yeah. and I had a bit of a Paula Radcliffe moment because when you're really tired <laughs> when you're really tired let go. when you're really tired <laughs> so I had to I had to literally it's like being in school put my hand up and say to one of the instructors can I just whiz off into the woods because we were running around a big field and there was no toilets nearby yeah. so I go into the woods and I find like a, a fallen over tree and I sit, pull my trousers down, sit, my 
bum hanging over the back of the tree yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and let it go. But what I forget is that you can't do a number two without a number one. It's up in the air. <laughs> my, number, no, my number two was coming up, but number one was going all over my cycling shorts. <laughs> so I had to take the cycling shorts off, and then I didn't have anything to wipe, so I had to take my socks off to wipe. Oh, yeah. So I ended up doing another hour and a half of fitness with no cycling shorts, with it coming out the side every time I ran. Oh, I remember that. I had yeah. blisters. Yeah, like we're doing shuttles. It was like a lightsaber, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I remember carrying that log around the floor. They did, they did something called expe- dislocated expectations. So all they say is, Shanks just dropped something. He dropped his teeth, sorry. They dislocated expectations. Dignity. Yeah, dropped his <laughs> dignity, his soul. And um, they basically say, right, here's a log, and it's very, very heavy. Pick it up and start running around these fields. And the first question you ask is, yeah, sure, boss, uh, for how long? Yeah. And you say, don't worry about that, just run. And you run and you run and you run. And it could be five minutes, but they say you're only, you're only allowed to do this if you go flat out. Yeah. So you sprint, you go flat out, and an hour later you're still going. Yeah. And it's savage. And I remember Luke Harbour, the prop, remember Gimpy? Gimpy was in my group, and the whole way around he's going, ah, ah, and he was a tough boy, Gimpy. Yeah, yeah. And I remember saying to him, I, you know, I, are you all right, mate? Oh, I'm all right, oh, oh my calves, oh, all the way around. I he remember, always had issues with his calves. Yeah, they? too big. And I said to him, I was like, Gimpy, in the end, I was like, Gimpy, mate, enough of the whining. It's not, it's not going to make you any, it's not going to make you any quicker. It's not going to make you go any quicker. Just dig in and get it done. He's yeah. oh, you don't know what it's like. And I was giving him grief, and I was, at the end of it, we're both broken, and I was shaking my head almost, like, disapproving. Yeah. Turns out he had compartments in <laughs> massive, <laughs> massive operations and he properly dug in. I was like, sorry, man. scars down the back of his leg. Oh, it's awful. Remember those stress positions they put yeah, us in? Yeah, Oh, my God. You scare us up in the middle of the night, yeah. and you have to have a torch, and you just run around a field, wouldn't you? Oh, it's horrific. But then they got us in this... Um, you had to stand in a field, like, in a line, you know, in yeah. a grid kind of thing. Close your eyes, go into a half squat, and put your arms out to the side. It was a 90 degree, wasn't it? Yeah, 90, 90 degree squat. Yeah, just standing in the middle of the field, not yeah. leaning against the wall, and then put your arms out at 90 degrees. And open and close your palms, wasn't it? Like that. Yeah, open and close your palms, and you're not allowed to make, and not only you're not allowed to stop, if you, you get pulled out, and you have to go on your hands and knees in front of the boys as soon as you get pulled out, but you're not allowed to make any facial expression of weakness either. And it was, how long did you last? <laughs> You were gone, mate. Do you remember Ke- uh, Kevin like Sorrell? Him. Kevin Sorrell was the captain. One of the guys, one of the instructors, was going to him, look at him, he's a disgrace, look at him. <laughs> he pointed at me. I was, try- I was trying to open my eye to see who he was pointing at. I thought yeah. I was doing all right. Because you're knackered before you start, you're broken, you haven't slept before you start. You'll never make it. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, right, how long can you last? And I'm thinking five minutes in that position is going to be brutal. Yeah. And I'm thinking, right, just try and get to five minutes. And they're like, right, guys, three, two, one, go. It was like three seconds later, Shanks, get out. <laughs> we had two teams and you had to pick someone who was going to do 50 chins, pick someone who was going to do 50 press-ups. Yeah. And I think I was against Andy Good doing the, the chins. And I yeah. managed to bosh him out pretty quick because I'm pretty good at stuff like that, yeah. bodyweight stuff. Yeah. About 15 minutes later, all I can hear is, 38. Alan Goon's still going. <laughs> oh, hey. Poor yeah, guy. I know. Yeah, the rope climbs. Oh god, that was that was actually. You do these trips and it's two or three brutal nights. That was seven days in Aldershot, and yeah. I, I maintain to this day, while we're laughing, I maintain that was too much. That was counterproductive. But they would they would take you out as well. So they'd take you out in the evenings. You'd have a drink with them, and you'd force you to drink. You'd do yeah, yeah. no drinking culture in rugby, and they'd yeah. make you do all these different drinking games and stuff like that. So they wanted you, they wanted you hungover, they wanted you drunk because they knew they were going to wake you up then at three or four o'clock yeah. with like a spoon and a tin bowl. Yeah. 
in your in your dorms. You, you, go, you put your trainers on, get into bed with all your kit and your trainers on because you knew you were getting up any minute and you were mm. already drunk and it was like... That's Buck Shelford took us there, I remember. Yeah. 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 Then, mate, we had this... Um, you had to do... See, the two scaffolding poles about two feet apart on the ground, just lying on the ground, like fastened to the ground, and they say, right, walk along these scaffolding poles. Easy enough. Then they say, right, now you're going to walk over those. And they point over the, like, over the field, and there's this huge erection of scaffolding, and these... Um, don't go for... And this, these two scaffolding poles are 50 feet in the air, and there's no safety straps. I'm looking at Buck saying, presumably we need safety straps. He's like, nah, we don't need safety straps. You're soft, we don't need safety straps. I was like, someone falls, they will definitely die. This isn't 10 feet like a basketball hoop. This is like, you couldn't chuck a ball this high. It's not Hollywood, mate, this is real life. Yeah, I was like, are you serious, mate? The boys started going up there. And Buck said to me, you got to get... Do you get to go? Really bad, yeah. Which is surprising, because I'm six foot nine. Don't know that. Yeah, I do, yeah. So Buck, Buck, Buck knew I was struggling, and he's like, you've got to get through this, mate. You've got to show the boys you can get through. I said, don't worry, mate, I'll do it. Yeah. And I remember saying to Buck, it was boiling hot because it was July or something, saying to Buck, I wish it would rain, mate. And the guy was like, lucky you, lucky you boys, it ain't raining. If it's raining, we can't go up there because you'll slip off. And luckily, it started to rain. It literally started to rain, and that was when I found God. <laughs> that was when I found Jeebus. <laughs> do you remember uh, Ben Johnson? So he used to be uh, centre... Uh, Saracens played for England uh, a couple yeah. of times. He's coaching now. I'm not sure. He was at Nottingham. I'm not sure where he is now. Yeah. But it was Jono. Jono was the best. The greatest centre of all time. Yeah. And he fancied himself as well a bit, didn't he? Yeah. And uh, he said to one of the instructors, we're out in one of the nightclubs, or the only nightclubs. Oh, <laughs> oh I remember this. Yeah. And he said, uh, he reckons he could take him down. Yeah, the beast it was. It was Pete the Beast, one, yeah. of the, one of the PTs from the Marines. And he lasts about three or four seconds and he's on his back tapping out. Oh, mate, the beast launched at him. Absolutely yeah. launched at him. Flat out, headlock, choking, tapping his arm. Let me go! That was great, yeah. wasn't it? Judo. Judo, there you go. Don't yeah. mention judo. Do Broke not his... mention judo. Broke his leg. Yeah, snapped his leg. So there you are. Right, questions from um, the audience. So yes. we've got... Um, Mick Fahili, um, he's tweeted us. Mike Ford is in a win-win position. They improve, Ford given credit. Dominguez goes. If they decline, Ford given opportunity. Discuss. Very precise in his question. Discuss. We'll, mate, we'll decide if we discuss or not, Mick. And yes, we will. I think, I think he's dead right. Um, interesting, interesting sort of scenario uh, for Mike Ford there because it's... it's um, I think it's a no-brainer for him. Big club, no doubt, and being crude about it, let's just be honest, the first thing you think when you think too long is money. So I'm the, sure he's being well paid. It's the biggest club. It's the biggest club. So it's a, it's a lovely move for him. What was interesting after the game, the two things were that Mike Ford did the post-match interview and he spoke about individual errors and kind of hammered them in defence. But that probably be because he's... Speaks better English. Than oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Speaks better English. That's why. But it, yeah. it's kind of hammering them a little bit. The players, and I thought it's either a calculated move. I think he was largely positive, but he was talking about poor individual defending and yeah. that sort of stuff. Um, so that's interesting. Don't know who the defence coach is there. Who's the defence coach? Um, yeah, good point. We'll find um, that out. We'll find that out in the next six to eight weeks. Um, but also, I heard that Dominguez. Um, it wasn't his decision to bring in Mike Ford and he didn't speak to Mike Ford before the game so he didn't take anything from him okay. and didn't, didn't seek advice, didn't ask his opinion. Now, this is just on Twitter but that does mean it's true. Yeah, is this from one of your sources? One of my sources. One of the spies? Um, yeah. Yeah, Brian Abandon. No, he didn't tell me I, that. I do think... He's he on Twitter. I think Gary Mortimer tweeted actually. It's also a little bit of luck, isn't it? You know, when you, I think when you're coming into coaching because, yeah. you know, if you inherit a good team then mm. 
it's far easier than if you, you inherit a team that aren't performing that well, don't quite have the quality of players in that squad. So it's, it's very difficult. And he's been quite lucky in the fact that he's left Bath and he's joined the biggest club in Europe mm. with quality players. Everywhere. It's just whether, you know, there are a lot of players there that probably have got two or three more years shelf life left in them. Yeah. Um, it's how they recruit then after that. Yeah. So I think he's, I, in answer to the question, yes, I think he is in a win-win position. It's a good, good move for him. Um, another question tweeted to us from BK12CD, catchy one that. Um, how do Wasps stay within the salary cap with their squad is the salary cap hurting domestic but helping international rugby? That, that's a massive question. I think you absolutely need a salary cap. I've been wondering recently, I watched Claremont uh, a bully Exeter Chiefs on Sunday night and I started thinking to myself, do you know what, it's, it's not fair that. Um, so we talk about meritocracy and the Pro 12 teams can't rest everyone now for the big games they need to qualify and all that. But also you're looking at the, the sort of gaps in expenditure between you know, some of the English sides and the Pro 12 sides versus the French sides and you start to think that isn't fair. When does it stop? Is there a European salary cap? Is that too nonsensical? But um, mm. don't know. I, I don't think it is too nonsensical. It's probably impossible to implement. But Wasps have got a hell of a squad now. Well, they've got the medical joker card, though, haven't they? Because yeah. Curly Beale um, yeah. is injured. So that's why they've been able to sign Willie LaRue. Great name. Yeah. Also, you know, being, being in the positions we're in, Shanko, you, you hear rumours, you hear chat and... A lot of it you just can't make public because it's not your place and also you can't back it up. You can't make it stand up. But all the chat I hear about Wasp, I'm comfortable saying this, is that they are within it. They've got a couple of marquee players. They've got the medical joker with Beard and LaRue. They've got a couple of guys. You can probably guess who they are. They pay a lot of dough to. But there are guys there who you know, perhaps aren't earning what they could be earning at other clubs. And actually, often, the clubs that do the best long term are the ones that players don't want to leave even though they well, could earn an extra few yeah, quid I mean, do you want to leave uh, a top flight club winning no you know, week in week out for an no. extra 10 or 15 thousand yeah. pound I mean I, I you know just picking one player at random because I was a prop you look at someone like a Jake Cooper Woolley now yeah. I'm sure he's very well looked after by Wasp as he should be but there's a guy who could probably send his video to a couple of French clubs and he could pick up a lot of money in France already. He's probably too young, but he could do that, but he probably won't because he wants to stay at a great club. But with a salary cap, you know, Premier, Premiership Rugby Limited um, would have governed that, so surely they would be, uh, they'd put auditors in place to audit uh, well, yeah, clubs you... to, to see. But I suppose uh, there are different ways in which you can play players. Yeah, you, you can know, be, you can be creative, you know. Yeah. I mean... If somebody wanted to buy me a house, they could buy me a house. I don't know how these things work, but it's kind of... I, I think that, you know, what, hap what happened last year with effectively a lot, a lot of the public and punters thinking that um, a couple of clubs had brushed salary cap issues, I've been brushed under the carpet by issuing kind of bland, information-free, comment-free statements. Um, don't think that fills people with a lot of confidence in terms of salary caps, but the truth is we don't know, do we, Tom? And, no. But what I would say is all the chat I hear about Wasps is that they are absolutely straight batting it they're just they're going large on their they're going large on their um, marquee players and they're trying to die young I think has built such a great vibe there that there are a number of players who will stay for less money than they could get elsewhere and all clubs need that all clubs need that we've had a couple of good emails um, sent through um, Adam Stacey said if you could see a boxing slash MMA fight which, you, which would you rather a cage fight, let's do it. Okay. Um, between two rugby players, past or present, who
who would you pick and why? All right, I, I know mine already. Um, I know it already, so I'll pick mine, you pick yours. I'll go big Chrissy Halafia. Yes. Tongan played for Irish, Quinns for a bit. Absolute Massive. destroyer, destroyer. Yeah. So no one liking me. You used to get yellow carded in nearly every game. Yeah, I mean... Or red carded. Yeah, no, no one like him. Um, power, I mean, power generation, aggression, evil intent. I mean, that guy is... He is just an absolute weapon well, if, on the field. Lovely bloke off it. There you go. If you're, uh, if you're picking a Tongan, I'll pick a Tongan then. Um, right. A guy I used to play with called Mama Molotika. Oh, yeah. Lovely man. Yeah. Soft Again, man. Yeah. Off the field. Yeah. Um, don't do anything to annoy him. Otherwise, you would get the growl and the eyes. Oh, yeah. But, oh, man, some of the, some of the dust-ups I've seen him in on the field has just been incredible. Not afraid one bit. Yeah. Beast. Talking about knocking people out. Who were trying to get to a fight? Yeah. So I remember being in um, there was like a little scuffle when we played against wasps once, and I I sort of ran in and it was all a bit everyone was laughing and it was all broken up, and um, I remember I got Alex King in a pretend headlock and I was pretending to like hit him in the ribs yeah, yeah. and he was sort of grabbing my grabbing my nuts and stuff and saying what well, is and Martin Wood ran over behind me the scrum half and wedged me. And I was like, I couldn't get out of it. He gave me a really good wedgie on the field, but did it so you'd never know. He's looking the other way, just wedging me with his left arm. Did it draw blood? Didn't draw blood. It was like an atomic wedgie. And what you want to do is turn around and chin someone. Yeah. It's all broken up by then and you can't. And you get into trouble and get banned. I remember him saying, I've knocked out bigger lads just to get to fights, pal. You know, a good, um, decent wedgie. Kerry Sweeney. At the yeah. time he was playing for the Dragons, we had Lee Thomas who went to sale. Uh, he went out to France. He was playing for he, the Cardiff. Yeah, Blues. he was a tough boy, man. He was, and yeah. it, was his, it was. They're both tough boys, really, to be yeah. fair. Um, but it's like Lee Thomas's first or second game. He's pretty inexperienced at ten, and Sweeney comes in and takes him late off the ball, and they start wrestling. And I jump in, and I end up throwing a, a couple into into Sweeney's head, which hurt my knuckles actually because it's a massive Swede. It is big, yeah. We used to call him Truckhead, <laughs> like a truck. Um, <laughs> And I've never had so many texts from the Gwent Dragon Boys after the game. Just saying thank you. Could get you a drink. <laughs> Jason Leonard told this brilliant story at a dinner I was at a while ago where the game breaks up. I think it was England against Ireland. And um, the, this sort of ruck comes up. Everyone stands up. But Will Carling's left on the floor holding his nose and someone's whacked him. And the ref says, did anyone see who it was? And Jason Leonard says, well, it could have been any one of 29 of us ref. And the ref says, make that 30. <laughs> yeah. I, I expect it's not true, but let's pretend it is. Um, we've got a question uh, which I quite like the look of from Kerry Miles on Twitter. Who's the smelliest player you've ever played with or against? Ooh. And I like that question because I know mine. Peter Bracken, the Irish prop, who played for Wasps. Yeah. Horrendous, Why? inexcusable. Just in a scrum, you think everyone stinks, but they don't because they've all had showers before the game. They've all got clean kit on. They don't smell generally. Whoa, 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 whoa. You shower before game? In the morning. Really? Yeah, didn't you? Not really. Well, because no. you're going to have a shower later anyway. Yeah. <laughs> why have Ming two? Minging. Saving the planet. Minging. Maybe that's why I've got dry skin. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, Bra Brax was, I mean, unacceptable. Unacceptable. Hor made it, he made it gen... Maybe it's deliberate because it made it horrible to scramble against. See, mine, I, I thought it was going to be a forward, but it's not. It's, it's actually Gath Cooper. Really? Yeah. He looks immaculate though, like the rig on him. Brother, used to call him. <laughs> dirty little bloke. Um, never used to shower after training, just go straight home. <laughs> Minging. He'd like put a little bit of water on his sock, rub his knees, and get his coat <laughs> go home. <laughs> so there we are, guys. I hope you've enjoyed Podcast 7. Have you enjoyed it, Davey? Yes. 
Yes, affirmative. Good, good. Well, send us through some questions next week. The Welsh squad is going to be announced this week, so if you're Welsh, make sure you send through. I don't know if we'll get any English questions through. On the Welsh squad? Yeah. No, just get stuck into them, lads, I would. Yeah, no, take it easy, please. Um, contact us on Twitter, which is at Flats and Shanks. Go on our email and email us, which is contact at flatsandshanks.com. Go on our website, which is flatsandshanks.com. Facebook, Tommy. Facebook. Yep. Flats and Shanks. Yep, why not? Um, right there. Hope you've enjoyed it, guys. Feel free to get in touch. And, of course, and once again, rest in peace to the legend, Anthony Foley. 